0: M S W Media Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their 2-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com/dailybeans and use promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, March 31st, 2023. Today, the Manhattan grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump. Alvin Bragg has also been asking witnesses about the Karen McDougal catch and kill. There has been a call for increased security around the Manhattan courthouse Thursday afternoon, and Weisselberg has fired his legal team and hired a new lawyer. In other news, Jared Kushner's private equity firm accepted hundreds of millions of dollars from Qatar and the UAE, And John Fetterman is expected to return to the Senate. I'm your host, Allison Gill. So it's when Dana takes time off that we get indictments. (laughs) Happy Indictment Day, y'all. I have heard several things about whether we should be somber and serious or whether we should be celebratory. I, for one, am celebrating that there is equal justice under the law. No person is above the law. And I will continue to celebrate that. I have some champagne. I do understand that this is a somber day. Uh, This is an historic day. It is the first time a former president of the United States has been indicted. We don't know what the charges are yet. I'll go over all of that in the hot notes. But it's okay to be happy today for the rule of law. So I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, He is innocent until proven guilty. We all know that. And this process will have to play out in the court of law. And we will see what happens. Also today, I'm going to be talking with lawyer Ethan Behrman. He's also a law professor. You see him on Fox News, going head, to, you know, toe to toe and head to head with some of the pundits on Fox. And he is going to explain the Walt Disney King Charles III rule against perpetuities business that I talked about in yesterday's beans. I wanted to get some legal insight on what all that means. You don't want to miss that. All right, everybody, it's time for uh, it's time for the news. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Donald John Trump was indicted in Manhattan on Thursday for his role in paying hush money to a porn star, according to five people with knowledge of the matter, an historic development that will shake up the 2024 presidential race and forever mark him as the nation's first former president to face criminal charges. In the coming days, prosecutors working for the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, will likely ask Trump to surrender and face arraignment. That's where he'll be fingerprinted. He'll have his mug shot taken and he'll be walked to the courthouse to be arraigned. The specific charges will be announced at that arraignment. He's expected to plead not guilty. Yousef Salam, who was exonerated in the infamous Central Park jogger case years after Trump took out a full page newspaper ad calling for their death penalty, issued a one word statement, karma. Now, earlier this week, when the story came out that the grand jury would meet Thursday but not hear evidence, I asked y'all to pay close attention to that very specific language. I asked you to note that they didn't say they wouldn't vote, just that they wouldn't hear evidence. Turns out I was right. Now, Adam Schiff has said the indictment of a former president is unprecedented, but so too is the unlawful conduct in which Trump has been engaged. A nation of laws must hold the rich and powerful accountable even when they hold high office, especially when they do. To do otherwise is not democracy. We also learned today from the Wall Street Journal that prosecutors in the Bragg case in Manhattan were also asking witnesses about the Karen McDougal catch and kill case, that whole thing. Now, we have not seen the charges, as I said, from the Manhattan DA and the grand jury that voted to indict Thursday evening. But I think this is more than campaign finance violations. I think this could be possibly conspiracy, as I talked about on previous episodes, but maybe even enterprise corruption, OCCA, also known in New York as Little Rico. I called that catch and kill hush money scheme a racket five years ago and racket short for racketeering. And I still believe that the Little Rico statute says a person is guilty of enterprise corruption when having knowledge of the existence of a criminal enterprise and the nature of its activities and being employed by or associated with such an enterprise, he or she, one, intentionally conducts or participates in the affairs of an enterprise by participating in a pattern of criminal activity. Number two, intentionally acquires or maintains an interest in or control of the enterprise by participating in a pattern of criminal activity or participates in a pattern of criminal activity and knowingly invests any proceeds derived from that conduct or any proceeds derived from the investment or use of those proceeds in an enterprise. Now the Trump organization benefited. So we'll see. I look forward to what these charges are. They're unsealed during arraignment in the coming days. Now, about an hour before the news of the indictment broke, Deadline White House, Nicole Wallace, reported that law enforcement in New York was stepping up security. Folks on the ground in New York say it's currently quiet at the courthouse. It's currently quiet in front of Trump Tower. So that's what's happening at this hour, which is Thursday afternoon, Thursday night on the East Coast. And in a related story from Jose Pagliari at the Daily Beast, the Trump organization has suddenly switched the attorney representing its jailed former chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg. We broke this last night on Twitter. Everybody thought he might be flipping because he fired his old lawyers. But there's more to it. Now, some folks apparently in Trump world expressed concerns that he was too willing to play ball with the Manhattan D.A. investigating the former guy. That's according to three sources. For months, the Trump organization paid New York City lawyer Nicholas Gravante to represent Weisselberg. But according to two people familiar with the situation, who spoke with the Beast on the condition of anonymity, Gravante wasn't Trumpy enough to keep on board. Gravante one of the city's top criminal defense lawyers, aggressively advocated for Weiselberg last year, played a key role in getting that sweetheart deal that put him in jail for only 100 days, avoiding a long, long sentence in state prison because he testified at the tax fraud trial of the Trump Corporation. But Weiselberg's lukewarm testimony wasn't exactly friendly to Manhattan prosecutors, but it was enough to convince a jury to convict the companies, which were fined $1.6 million, charged to 17 counts. According to sources familiar with the dispute, Trump associates were bitter about Gravante's decision to have Weisselberg meet with Manhattan prosecutors to prepare his testimony for the trial, a move they saw as being too friendly with law enforcement. This source added that the Trump organization lawyers were bothered by that arrangement and convinced Eric Trump, that's the fail son, who is now the executive vice president of the Trump org, to cut Weiselberg's lawyer loose. The other two sources who confirmed Gravante's departure from the case also said he was not viewed as a Trump ally. Essentially, Gravante was so protective of Weisselberg, he was willing to have sit-downs with prosecutors to ensure the executive wouldn't be in further legal jeopardy, even if that made the Trump organization uncomfortable. He cared too much about his client and not enough about the man paying the bills. Susan Neckles, a defense attorney who represented the Trump organization at the trial countered that version of events. She says that's completely wrong. Quote, Nick made sure that Weiselberg cooperated with both the defense and the prosecution, and Weiselberg's testimony at trial was extremely helpful to the defense and hurt the prosecution. Mr. Weiselberg, she went on to say, and his decision to change lawyers was entirely his own, a decision which I understand Mr. Weiselberg made in consultation with his family after the conclusion of the trial. Five people who spoke to the Daily Beast did confirm that Weisselberg is now being represented by Seth Rosenberg, who previously spent time running the Rackets Bureau at the very same DA's office that is now investigating the case. The Rackets Bureau, you say. Hmm, that's very interesting. Rosenberg did not respond to a request for comment. Well, this is an historic day, and we need to remember again that in the United States, Indicted individuals are innocent until proven otherwise. This is a step toward accountability. No one is above the law. And today, the republic stands. Well done, everybody. In other news from Jonathan Swan at The Times with Maggie Haberman and a few others, wealth funds in the United Arab Emirates and Qatar have invested hundreds of millions of dollars with Jared Kushner's private equity firm, according to People with Knowledge joining Saudi Arabia in backing the venture launched by the former guy's son-in-law as he left the White House. The infusion of money from interests in the two rival Persian Gulf monarchies reflects the continued efforts by Mr. Trump and his aides and allies to profit from the close ties they built to the Arab world during his presidency and the desire of leaders in the region to remain on good terms with Mr. Kushner as his father-in-law seeks the presidency. The Emiratis invested more than $200 million with Kushner's firm that's called Affinity Partners. That's according to two people who knew about the transactions. The UAE's embassy in Washington declined to comment. A Qatari entity invested a similar sum, according to two people, with knowledge of that deal. A spokesman for the Qatari embassy in Washington also declined to comment. The investment from the UAE came through a sovereign wealth fund, but the identity of the Qatari investor is unclear. An Affinity's partners official did not respond to an email seeking comment. So it's not just two billion from the Saudis. It's got hundreds of millions also, in addition, from the UAE and from Qatar, who are rivals, by the way. And some good news. Senator John Fetterman will return to the Senate during the week of April 17th after being hospitalized for clinical depression. That's according to a person familiar with the situation who asked for anonymity to speak candidly about the senator's condition. Fetterman, who's 53, checked himself into Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in February after he was evaluated by the attending physician of Congress, Brian P. Monahan, who suggested inpatient care for depression that had become severe in recent weeks. Fetterman's, that's Fetterman's chief of staff, Adam Gentelson, said in a statement. He is expected to return and his return, which was first reported by Politico, will be welcome news for Senate Democrats. Who have struggled to advance some of President Biden's judicial nominees during Fetterman's absence? Senator Diane Feinstein, who's a member of the Judiciary Committee, has also been absent for weeks following a bout of shingles. The Senate begins a two-week recess on Monday. Huh. Seth Rosenberg used to work in racketeering. Hm. All right, everybody, stick around. I'll be back with Ethan Behrman, Esquire, attorney at law and a law professor. He's a cool guy. We're going to discuss the Disney legal battle with Ron DeSantis. Stay with us. After these messages, will be right back. Hey, everyone, my life has been improved dramatically since I got my custom mattress from Helix Sleep. It's solved all the sleep troubles I used to have because it's custom made for how I like to sleep. We all have different sleep styles and preferences, so Helix has several different mattresses to make sure there's something for everyone. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have mattresses designed to help cool you down on hot nights, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. Just go to helixsleep.com dailybeans, take their online two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. When I took the quiz, as you know, I was matched with the Helix Midnight because everybody knows how I sleep now. I like a medium-firm bed, and I sleep on my side. I am a side sleeper. Seriously, this is the best mattress I've ever slept on in my entire life, head and shoulders above the rest. After you take the quiz and order the mattress designed for how you sleep, it'll be shipped right to your door for free. You never have to go to a mattress store ever again. They also come with 10 or 15-year warranties, depending on the model, and you get to try it out for 100 nights with no risk. They will come pick it up for you at no charge. That's that's amazing, Uh, but you'll love it, I promise. And I'm not the only one singing their praises. In 2021, Wired Magazine awarded them best overall mattress and they won favorite mattress last year at GQ Home Awards. Right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com dailybeans and use promo code HELIXPARTNER, all one word. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. I am happy to be joined today by law professor, now law professor, uh, Esquire, uh, attorney at law, uh, and also my friend, and and Fox News destroyer. Please welcome Ethan Behrman. How are you, Ethan?
1: Oh my gosh, Allison. Well, look, uh, I'm doing great. And um, this topic today (laughs) is truly like out of nightmares on so many levels. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Because yesterday on Twitter, the rule of perpetuities was trending, and there was a little bit of a story out. We did a little schadenfreude a bit yesterday on The Daily Beans about uh, Mickey Mouse checkmating Ron DeSantis uh and this board that oversees the thing that I mean we talked all about it yesterday, but there was a clause, apparently, about something about King Charles the Third, and then all of a sudden all over Twitter, law students and and now lawyers everywhere were like hurled back into first year of law school and they were laughing and cringing. And I I, I was I felt outside of the inside joke and I wanted to understand it better. So that's why you're here today. So can you explain why law- lawyers and law students alike <laughs> made this trend yesterday?
1: Well, I, mi- I might have curled up and cried in a corner, actually, when it <laughs> appeared on my screen. It was just... It, it is truly hearken, hearkening back to the worst, worst, worst moments of of one of the, the most complex and obtuse areas of law, which is saying a lot to say it like that. Um, and I want to preface by saying I am not a professor of real property, nor professor of trusts and wills, which are the two areas the rule against perpetuities oh, applies so, if we were living in 1682, I'm not kidding you. You would have called it the rule of perpetuities, but that's not where we are. So, but that's where it kind of begins is 17th century England. The Duke of Norfolk, who lived in Arundel in the gorgeous castle there, had an eldest son who was insane. His second son, Henry, appeared to be kind of his preferred. And his third son, Charles. He wanted to make sure that his insane son uh, didn't have control to ruin things. And if he he wasn't going to have children, he wanted Henry to have property, Charles to retain the income from the estates of the landholders. And we get into words like issue and season and ancient old English common law. And we all, it just makes me sweat thinking about it.
0: (laughs) All right. So what does this have to do with Disney? And why are people sharing photos of Princess Lilibet of
1: Sussex? Isn't she cute, by the way? I mean, oh, she's adorable. I don't care if you hate the royals or not. Look, it's a child. She's adorable. And King Charles III, of course, is the new king of England, after the passing of the great matriarch Queen Elizabeth II. And oddly enough, this case again goes back to who were Royalists in the 17th century versus the Republicans. There was the whole Cromwell affair. Anyway, why does this why are people posting pictures of Elizabeth? Um, out of the rules against perpetuity. And the reason it's called that is we don't want dead people controlling land and property for millennia after they've passed. And so the it, there are a million little caveats and applications of the rule against perpetuities. But the general gist and why you saw that in the Disney ruling, which by the way, I was laughing so hard when I saw <laughs> they did that. I just was like, oh, this is, that was a brilliant little FU in the middle of everything that, that, that Disney did by bringing this in. The reason it came up is this. The, the Reedy Creek is, is property. So the rule against perpetuities is rooted in property and trusts. There's also the trust. A land, land often gets put into trusts, uh, essentially a corporate type entity now in modern law. And what they did is they said 21 years after, which is rule against perpetuity says lifetime plus 21 years. And it has to be of living heirs. And so we, we, meaning the law, has a tendency to use, historically, the royal family because it's well-documented the bloodline. So unlike commoners in the old days, the bloodline wasn't always well-known. The royal family, we know when people die. We know when people are born. And so they chose to use really old English style to say King Charles, his heirs, plus 21 years. Well, Lisbeth is the youngest of his heirs.
0: Okay. And that's when what? The 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 new board can start making decisions again on the land? Yes. <laughs> so that's right? why King Charles III mean, shows up. Okay. So they're applying this very old law, and we use the royal family because it's we know it yep. to, to dictate those terms. They why don't they just say, 2070. Like, why Why do they use oh, that? Because
1: because that doesn't work. Right. And that's the key here. I, and I don't know the full structure of the origin dating back to the late 1960s of Disney in Central Florida. Uh, I haven't read all those documents, but, but just briefly put in land, you name beneficiaries, you name heirs, um, you don't name a date. You So that's why they did it this way, was to buy them the most time. You can, in contract law, of course, And for leases and stuff, you'll see people do things, say, 99 years is the lease, um, and that's to achieve the same ultimate effect that we're talking about here. But specific in in property law and trusts, you use heirs, and therefore, they use the maximum allowable with this uh, rule against perpetuities application.
0: Hmm. So they can't use like King Mufasa or King Neptune or something from a Disney thing. It's It's got to be some traceable living people whose heirs we can follow.
1: Well, I would go with Moana personally, but...
0: I would. I would as well. Yeah. like well. <laughs> yeah, yesterday's episode was called Poor Unfortunate Ron. So that, that was uh, a little Disney nod as well. But uh, that is just absolutely fascinating. And I didn't read the bulk of the documents either. They only, you know, I've only seen the clause right there. right And so that was put in by the former counsel or a board that oversees the reedy And then the new one, now they have no power. You have no power here. I mean, is is kind of basically what it is. And so now what Ron is using Florida taxpayer dollars to hire a bunch of lawyers to what get out of this rule against perpetuity uh, statement in this
1: footnote? um What I think that they're probably going to attack it on is the legitimacy of the creation of this document and the modification of the trust by the board. Ron's going to, Mr. DeFascist is going to have a hard time overcoming that because they they followed the rules. Look, Disney doesn't hire, let me, how do Alina I? Alina Haba? Yeah. They, they <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bring up Jenna Ellis with me? I mean, uh, go check out my pinned tweet, by the way. Um, Anyway. <laughs> They have uh, clearly they thought it through. The attorneys did a great job. Uh, They understood all of the rules and they followed the sunshine law requirements in Florida in the adoption of this. Uh, I think the fascists, very expensive attorneys. I see something like thirteen hundred dollars an hour for these attorneys that are working on this against something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good use of taxpayer dollars uh, again by the irresponsible right. and. But I think they're going to have a hard time undermining the legitimacy of the document. So in probate, I'll just I'll relate this to something for a second. If I have a problem after somebody has passed away and they have a trust, we go to what's called probate and we fight over things like was the codicil appropriately uh, named or in the case of a trust, did I revoke the prior trust correctly according to the law? And each state has their own unique laws on these issues separate from the common law, 17th century rule against perpetuities.
0: Hmm. Very, very interesting. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, I I, just looking at the surface details and from what other experts and legal experts and lawyers are saying, I don't know that DeSantis has a chance here, but I think he's going to throw as much money at the problem and time at the problem as he can. And, you know, I don't understand fighting Disney, the biggest,
1: single biggest employer in your state. They built central Florida, Orlando Kissimmee exists because of Walt Disney and and, and the Disney company. Look, I'm going to share a bias. I love Disneyland. I love Disney world. Mm -hmm. The reason they did this is if you've been to Disneyland, you see how all these other businesses built up around Disneyland. And so Walt Disney was like, look, if I can buy this swamp in the middle of Florida that nobody wants for cheap, and they're going to give me the right to control it, which is really what I want. That's what they did. And, and they've done a great job with it. But that entire Central Florida economy is because of Disney. And of course, Universal and others have moved in. But but that's all because of what Disney did. And this Reedy Creek was a key part of that.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, especially with Florida voters. But I thank you for your time today. Everybody follow Ethan Bearman on Twitter. You will not regret it, especially his Fox News appearances when and if, you know, when they have, I don't know, with the Dominion thing going on, they might not have you back on for
1: a while. But they probably we'll don't see. want me talking about that because it doesn't look good for Fox.
0: Yeah, just just show up and start talking about Dominion. <laughs> uh, you probably cut you out right away. Anyway, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you.
1: Thanks so much, Allison.
0: Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Good news, good news. As if we needed any more good news today, but we do have some. We have some incredible submissions from our listeners. Thank you so much for sending this in. If you have a shout out to a loved one, you have a confession, you have a correction for something that we said incorrectly. Uh, If you have a business in your area that could use a little boost or an adoptable pet um, that you want to share with us or your pets, dressed in costumes or not, just your pets, happy places shit kids say, what the mutt, whatever you want to send us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Jason, pronouns he and him. My good news is that live music is finally back in my life. I was fortunate enough to manage a work trip to France at the end of last year and scheduled an extended weekend in Paris. I caught two shows there at L'Olympia. I hope I'm saying that right. One show was headlined by Iluvati. I'm going to Iluvati. They're a Swiss folk metal band. Excellent. Incorporating violin, harp, bagpipes, and the hurdy-gurdy of all things. Excellent. Highly recommend if you're into that kind of thing. It's spelled E-L-U-V-E-I-T-I-E. Uh, I also have a shit parents say that we reference all the time. My dad is fairly rough, old-school Detroit biker type. I was home for the holidays staying with them uh, when I was about 25 or 24, 25, My girlfriend, now wife, and I were laying on the couch watching a movie when my dad walked across the living room and said, "Going to bed, don't stain the couch. (laughs) She was horrified, having grown up in a house where darn was a bad word. Nine years of marriage and two kids later, I think she's gotten used to it. Keep up the good work and don't give the fascists the benefit of any doubts. Thank you, Jason. Next up from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hello, Beans Queens. I start my morning listening to you M through F, Monday through Friday, clean up on L forty five and Jack. I am the mother of a gay son, son in law, and beautiful granddaughter soon to be five. We love the wonderful life they have made for their daughter Ilyana. My granddaughter is a sweetheart who loves having sleepovers with Grammy and Grumpy. <laughs> Grumpy. The church routinely hosts drag bingo as a fundraiser. Ilyana loves drag bingo. She puts on one of her pretty dresses and passes the hat for more donations for the church and has her picture taken with the Queens. My husband and I bring refreshments and enjoy bingo in the show. In no way has drag bingo hurt our precious granddaughter. I'm so very tired of states banning drag story time. The people I've met are wonderful people being attacked, all in the name of politics, attaching a picture of my beautiful granddaughter. For pet tax, I'm enclosing pictures of my three chickens. Oh, three of my chickens. Oh, there's more. The one on the right. On my right arm is Henny Penny. She's one of eight chickens. There we go. And the only one who needs to who who needs to sit on my shoulder. She had a vet visit last week. Funny growth on the back of her leg. She's growing a spur like a rooster. Her hormones are changing, thus her need to dominate by being on my shoulder. On her way up this morning, she put her head on my cheek for a snuggle. She knows she's loved, uh, even with spurs or a rooster that lays eggs. Mother Nature is awesome. Excellent. Excellent. I wonder if that's what's happening to me (laughs) in my old age. I'm going to grow those rooster claws. That is a beautiful dress and a beautiful young lady. Oh, the shoes. Do they make those in my size is my first question. Oh, and there's the chicken. Hi, chicken, chicken. Oh, look, lap chickens. Oh, I love them all. This is a great picture. Thank you for sharing it. All right. Next up from Lisa, pronouns she and her. Hello. Thank you so much for this wonderful podcast and all the sanity and support you provide so many. For Pet Tax, I have a cat in the box. Butters watched with curiosity as I taped the floor and then promptly sat inside. Yes, Butters. As you can see from these photos, he's very fond of squeezing himself into small spaces. There he is. (laughs) Good job, Butters right in the square what a sweetie is this a little rag doll he's beautiful oh he's so floofy there he is in a fruit bowl but instead it's a cat i love it still life with cat next up from anonymous pronoun she and her hello beans supreme i'm late to the daily beans pod but now you're part of my daily listens and sunday is for jack i even became a patron though i still get ads but i don't mind I took up the square challenge, but the best I got was our pup's Truman Capoodle planting his head in it. And someone, maybe him, maybe our ancient dog skipper, peed on it. Not sure why. See picks attached. Thanks truly for all you do. Uh, and for the swearing, which I love. Keep up the good work. Fuck yeah. Look at this baby dog. Oh, yeah, he's got his head in the box. There we go. And somebody peed in it. That's that's new. I haven't heard that one yet. All right, next up, and finally from Irish Goddess, uh, no pronouns. Dear AG, DG, and everyone else, I'm the mother of trans kids from a couple of months ago who has found a nice, supportive community for my daughter here in deep red Lauren Bobert country. Support Adam Frisch. Yes, we do, Irish Goddess. When listening to Dana give the news on the 330 episode, that's March 30th, about the Kentucky legislature overriding the governor's veto, I was in tears. But that isn't the good news. What is good news is the absolutely amazing community you ladies have built, this safe space, this funny group of everyone, from Dana with her constant fundraising for LGBTQ plus causes to the people in the Facebook group who bought my daughter a Torrid gift card so she could get more girly clothes. Thank you. Thank all of you. To everyone listening, you are the future. You and your strength and humor are what helped me and my daughter wade through all these fucking cunts. Amen. For pet tax, I attach pics of all of our fur babies. The Doxy, Brigadier General Jack D. Ripper. The Dust Cat, God damn it fits. And the Void cat is cage. Oh, look at that void boy. Oh, I love him. Uh, he looks hefty. I love a good hefty chonk. Oh, and then there's the there's the Doxy bathing in the sun with her little vest. Uh and Oh, wait, no, sorry. That's his little vest. That's Brigadier General Jack D. Ripper. And then, oh, the gray kitty or Russian blue, maybe. So beautiful. Thank you all. It's been a day. Go have a drink. Um, I mean, I know it's the next day, but it's it's, uh, truly, truly an historic day. Thank you so much for sticking with me through all these years. There's a lot more to come, and uh, I'll bring it to you. I'll be back in your ears. Uh, this weekend, as you know, we'll have the cleanup on our forty five Patreon bonus episode with Pete. I'm about to jump on the phone. We'll talk about the indictment, and then we'll have the Beans weekly wrap up, unedited, raw, unscripted thing for for patrons of the Beans, and then we'll have Jack out on on Sunday. Should be a very interesting weekend for sure. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, until, well, on The Beans Monday, but I'll probably hear you this weekend. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. Vote Blue Over Q, and Wisconsin, bring somebody with you. I've been A.G., and them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.